0: Once upon a morning, there was a freshly brewed McCafe coffee. It was made with 100% Arabica beans, yet something was missing. Fear not, in the distance, a sausage McMuffin with egg rides toward the sunrise in quest for breakfast. The perfect pair met at McDonald's, and mornings were happy forever after. Right now, get a $1 small coffee and a $2 sausage McMuffin with egg from the 123 dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
1: Connection with spirit is a true blessing, and I believe we all have the ability to connect. But with that connection comes responsibility, emotions, and a journey that on times can be both challenging and lonely. International medium, teacher and healer, Martin Jones, speaks openly about these challenges, but also the amazing power of healing and evidence of eternal love from loved ones who have passed over.
0: I mean, it sounds a little bit soppy really, but you know, you can sit there developing workshops all day and it's not going how you want it to do. But you bring someone's mother through and they feel that love and that connection and just that look in the eyes, it's worth a million those, you know. Um, And I do find with development that, or even working as a medium, we all have ups and downs, but when you need it, you get those experiences and spirit help with that.
1: I'm Julian Jenkins, and you're listening to That's The Spirit. Martin is truly blessed to come from a line of mediums and spiritual lights. Surrounded by spirit from an early age, Martin's mother provided support and guidance as a fully dedicated medium. But wisely, she made him find his own spiritual pathway, a truly amazing and powerful story. We start at the beginning, and Martin's first ever memories.
0: It's difficult to really pinpoint it. Um, I was speaking to my mum uh, a few months ago and asked, you know, when did it all start happening? And she explained to me that when I was a kid, four or five, whatever, that I'd always see colours around people and know how they were feeling and things like that. And I completely forgot about that. And it was as soon as mum mentioned it, mum, my mum's a medium. And as soon as she mentioned it, I got those memories back. But it was always, you know, when I was a kid, um, just a natural part of growing up really so it would be very much like oh uh, mum granddad's here or nanny's here and things like that but then when I was about 18 I said right mum I want to start training you know I want to do the churches and I want to be a medium and what my mum said was that she said you're too young boy she said live travel party see the world get some experience and when she said that I just knew I'd start properly developing in circles and things when I was 30 uh 10 years ago uh so yeah that's kind of it's always been there you know but it's really the last 10 years that I've really focused on my mediumship and I've been working publicly for about seven seven and a half years now
1: I suppose you were you were very very lucky um in terms of having your mother around you and that was more of a transition so there wasn't that like a lot of people have a spike an initial blast from spirit I suppose then
0: no because it was always I guess so gradual you know and there was never no bells and whistles bells and whistles about mediumship or the spirit world it was just a always a very natural part of life um it's very different though sitting there saying to your mum that your nan's there and you know talking about things to actually stand in there with complete strangers um so it was different than I expected it to be but yeah as I said I can't really pinpoint a I can think of episodes in my childhood where I, you know, saw a man standing by the window. I don't know who he was or why he was there, or you know, a few specific experiences or even dreams, but I couldn't really pinpoint exactly when.
1: I know that you've worked internationally, but there was also a point in your spiritual journey where you travelled down under in Australia and and found your way there and into a into a spiritual family.
0: Yeah, so I was living in Sydney for a couple of years and I was having a great time but then all of a sudden I felt a little bit down you know a bit homesick and things like this and it made me think well, I want to find a spiritualist church I'd been too busy partying until that point living it up really you know um, as a young person should but then I went to a church called Enmore Spiritualist Church in Sydney it's closed now unfortunately and it was the most beautiful place one of the most beautiful places beautiful places I've ever been. It was like a little cottage and all flowers outside. So I joined the circle there, and the teacher, Michelle, I wish I knew her surname, but I don't. She was an amazing medium and teacher. I didn't realize it was a trance circle, predominantly trance. Um, And I I remember sitting there and the first week kind of just happy to be there. And there was a guy in trance And I could just see a Native American glistening and white. It wasn't, the image wasn't formed, but it wasn't, uh, it was like physical, but you could see through it. But I was the only one who could see it. Uh, I could tell because nobody else reacted. So that was more clairvoyant, but it was very objective. And it was one of the most special things I've ever seen. And I kind of took it for granted that it would be like that every week. And obviously those things happened occasionally but that circle was absolutely amazing.
1: I'm currently reading Gordon Higginson's book and um there is a, quite a few similarities really that you know Gordon's mum was was a very famous and well respected medium and helped develop him uh, when he was younger and of course your mother as well and I think it's very wise that your mum sort of said go on son go out and find your own way in life because you know that was important it was important for you to find where you were and and what you were doing really?
0: My mother completely refused to train me and I was mortified, but she said to me, she said, look, you're my son, you don't listen to me anyway, go and find your own way and you have to find it for yourself. Um, I was offended and probably very stroppy for a few weeks, but I got got it years later, you know, Um, and my mum knew that was best for me. So I sat in different circles, you know, uh, you mentioned the Arthur Findlay College, beautiful place, uh, been on quite a few courses there. The one we went on was my first one for about five or six years. Um, and just different workshops, which, workshops with mediums that I looked up to over the years and residential courses. So that's really my training. As I said, I started developing at 30. I started doing the churches when I was, after about two and a half years.
1: So tell me, when did you formalize? When when did you really get to grips with spirit? And was there any other influences out there apart from your mother?
0: People say, when did your development start? So as you clearly asked, when did you formalize it almost? So it was then. But really, um, this beautiful gentleman here, uh, Tom Davis, you can see him there in his healing coat. You know, when I was 17, 18, he would do psychometry with me. Um, My mum and Tom taught me healing when I, my mum when I was younger and Tom when I was a little bit older in my late teens. So it was always there, but it was that real decision, I'm going to go for this now is when I was 30.
1: One of the things that I'd like to talk about really is the development and and group development in particular circles. I run a circle myself now on a Monday. I'm, I'm blessed to have a really eclectic mix of people, but it is difficult to find the right circles and the right blend of energies, isn't it?
0: the thing is with circles it can be really hard to find a good circle and as human beings we can be so negative there could be 12 lovely people but we could walk away saying I don't like that person you know and focus on the little negatives and I think we all have a tendency to do that and I say to people you're not going to find a perfect circle and if you do you're very very lucky um you know I was fortunate that my mum was a you know, she was very known to the churches and things down here. So I kind of knew where to go and rec- I had more a lot of support there and that guidance from my mum. So I found the training fun, you know. Very difficult and very emotional, but I have fond memories. And I'm, of course, still training and developing.
1: People say to me, oh, it must be wonderful to be a medium and it must be amazing to do this. And it truly is, but there are times where... You know, you get chucked under the bus or you feel under the mill or whatever the scenario is. And it, it can be difficult sometimes. This path is is sometimes a difficult one,
0: isn't it? I said to Spirit years ago, because I was quite upset, someone's quite mean to me in a workshop, you know, and I thought, why do I do it? And I said to Spirit, you know what? I'll give you my time, my honesty, my love, my dedication. And let's just see what we can do together. So I always had the attitude. You feel as a medium, if you, you, you're you going to go to someone now, I often work direct. Can I come to you? So can I come to you? You know, um, and sometimes, you you know, they're not going to be as open. But I always had the attitude that their nan's here with me, you know, and I'm not going to send her away. But as I've got more experienced, you really notice when someone's open and positive positive it's often that you give them much better information and better evidence and the message flows a little bit more but you can't always have those people so I think it's just about doing your best really Um, and some people are a little bit difficult I'll never forget I was in Manchester uh, a church near Manchester and I saw a little guy who was about 80 walking down with a lady and I just thought always going to be a really difficult one so I'd given him a short message from his mum and I said to him, I've got your brother here, sir. And he went, he's dead. Um, and I was quite camped. went, no, but he's here. He's alive. You know, he went, he's dead. And he just kept shouting, he's dead. So it's just like, okay, sir, thank you. I think we'll move on now.
1: That can be hugely difficult. But how do you get around that? And Did, did your experience, did your spiritual intu- intuition help you along there?
0: If that had happened three or four years before, I think I would have just melted you know but again people can be a little bit difficult um and I try and be understanding and think well they might be embarrassed it's public first time and things like that but some people are just a little bit you know if and if there are any working mediums here you'll all know when you you got that person basically saying go on then kid impress me you know and it's not the most pleasant positive light energy to working sometimes Um, i just do my best really you know
1: the thing with demonstrations as well i believe is that it's not all linear and there are we're talking and working with emotions so sometimes people can take it and afterwards they'll come up to you and ask you questions but you know it can be difficult and it is having that ability to be able to do the demonstration and then if you like leave your work there because otherwise it can all get a bit too much can it
0: you know people have come up to me I always remember at Lewisham church a lady come up to me after and said you know that was my dad uh and she said I it was just a bit emotional for me to take it in public you know very nice of her to come and speak to me and bless her she said but I'm telling you because I didn't want to take you to take him home with you and it's like it was very sweet but I've got my own life you know and often people all kind of when you see them again say oh I could take that message but I don't remember it and I try my best to have the attitude is once that episode of mediumship is done it's done you know and then just try and let go of it and I try and uh, what's very important to me is not mediumship for not all of my identity not to be based on my mediumship you know um, and because we all need positive regard from other people we all need compassion and people to be nice to us and if that's all just too much based on the mediumship it's too up and down emotionally so I try my best to have the attitude that I try my absolute best and just accept how it is and leave it there and move on so as I said afterwards I've often forgotten anyway a lot of the information
1: a lot of that development and help and closure of doing demonstrations etc can be helped and influenced by our guides i'm very fortunate to have you know three or four guides that i work with i have one in particular um, i've mentioned him a few times on here the native indian american indian from ottawa his name's rotag and uh, he helps me a lot but one of the questions i want to ask is about guides and i know a lot of people get hung up over you know they don't see their guides or they have a guide or you know and i know sometimes i think that can the want and need to have a guide and find that guide, I think sometimes can stifle the development and actually, you know, stall it if you like. I think these some of these things just run naturally and I, that's, that's hugely important for me.
0: It was very important for me. I, I was aware of guides as a child um, and when I started to want to do the work, you know, it was very important for me to know who my guides were. Um, and I would talk to my guides all of the time. Um, Shen, a Chinese gentleman, is one of my best friends over there. And when I started, it was very, very important to me. And, you know, in circle, lots of guided meditations with guides and things like that. It seemed to become, to say less important sounds disrespectful, but over the years, I, I don't think about guides or talk to my guides as much. I always remember a medium many years ago saying to me, I don't know who my guides are, but they love me and I love them and I trust them. And it always stuck in my mind. So I just think that at the beginning, exploring guides and different people that love and protect us and help us is so fascinating. But as I've developed and do more mediumship, I focus more on the mediumship than thinking about the guides as much. What I thought was interesting, I did a few Dems in Wales three or four years ago and the last one, I just knew it was going to be a good Dem and I was standing outside smoking as I often do before I work and I was aware of Shen, and really could feel his presence and I jokingly said, you know, where have you been for the last couple of years? But he said to me very clearly, he said, I had to just leave you a little bit so you could learn more about mediumship. Now you have learned more. I can come back and start working with you a lot more. And the reason I knew that was a real experience is, A, because I could feel it, but it went against the grain of what I'd been taught. You know, so as I said, guides, I just feel when people are going into it, it's often that feeling of support and friendship with the spirit world and that personal identity that they can connect with, Um, you know, but, yeah, so, as I said, I love my guides. Um, my nan, like Tom, is, you know, one of my guides. My nan, uh, Tom, wasn't my biological grandfather. and Marjorie was a grandmother, but she wasn't biological. She works really closely with my mediumship as well. But they, they worked with it their whole life. So, again, my family up there uh, also worked with me a lot as well.
1: So we've all got our spiritual team, but do you believe then it is hugely important for somebody to to get to know and understand and have that relationship with their guides? I personally do think it is, but you know, what's your views?
0: I think it depends on the individual, you know, because I wouldn't, I was adamant, I wanted to know who my guides were. So it was, uh, I've never demanded anything from the spirit world, but that was one of the things. Um, and there's only one other, and that was to do with my work as well. So... Yeah, I just think that people are so individual. If people are really scientific and, you know, look at a lot of quantum physics or consciousness and things like this or the, you know, collective unconsciousness, then they might feel from that more scientific perspective that it's just connected minds, energies and things like that. And, you know, the spirit guides, you know, it comes more from that spiritualism side. Um, and there were some wonderful guides you know I was looking at a silver birch book the other day beautiful but I think it just really depends on the individual so what I'm trying to say if someone comes into it more from a metaphysics angle they might not be interested but if someone's coming up the traditional church route it they will become much more interested but I do think it's something we can't force too much because we've got to be a little bit careful that our own imagination doesn't create things that we want to see
1: I briefly said that you know I've got a couple of guides I work with at the moment, but some people say there's there's lots of people. We're certainly we're certainly not on our own delivering these messages, are
0: we? Yeah, um, Marjorie uh, was good friends with a wonderful trans medium, Lillian Bailey, and Lillian she was having a trance sitting with Lillian, and Lillian said to her there were about eighty people there, and she used the analogy that you know. If you send a letter, one man delivers that letter for your letterbox. But there's dozens and dozens of people that work at the post office, the sorting office and all of these people. So we often think of that one person, but it's so many different uh, guides helping in their own different ways. And, you know, I feel in some way when well, it's all about the blending of energy, isn't it? So I just feel when I can see in my mind as I'm talking, there's lots of guides that have the ability to, change the vibrations and collectively i think portal is the wrong word isn't it but i just think a team of guides often uh are in the background making it all possible most of which would go unnoticed but they don't need thanks and praise do they they just it's about service
1: so your guides and i know you mentioned you know shen etc are you aware that they're they're always around you are they always working with you at the forefront really
0: I, just, I used to feel I was in much more of a dialogue, you know, but now sometimes I'm aware of, of Shen with me. Um, but not so often, if I'm honest, it doesn't mean he's there. I can feel him now and he loves me. Um, but it, I guess it's not so much if they're there, it's where our focus is on, isn't it? You know, and my focus just hasn't been on communicating with my guides much for you know for a few years maybe it will change maybe this conversation will inspire me who knows but that's how it's been for the last while
1: one of the questions i always get and always find sometimes difficult to answer is is how do we stay in the energy how do we accept taking the nose how do we ensure that and i keep talking about the moment is you know passing our human putting our human to one side and creating that that open space, whether you're using mindfulness or the the power meditation technique that I talk about. But when we get that no, or we get that energy whereby it doesn't feel right, how do we stay in the power? How do we stay in the connection? Um, And because we are only human after all, aren't
0: we? I mean, that's something I'm really looking at at the moment because I just feel that's very important. We're human beings. Our mind will often until we get right to the end of our journey, I believe, be very much involved. Um, and it's not reacting to too much. You know, when we start doing mediumship, no's, we all get no's, you know. Um, they can throw you so much. But again, it's not being attached to the outcome so much. And just for me, what I learned could happen with me, you've got you've got a lovely person here in the spirit world and you, you're feeling them, you're communicating with them in different ways with your senses, but then you you can then lose that link to focus on the audience. You know what they're thinking, how they're reacting. They look bored. They look happy. Whatever. So for me, it's just been reminding myself to just gently bring my awareness. You know, to the spirit world. Um, but I also believe, you know, the more we work, the more experienced we get, we can stay in that energy more, and that translates to lots of things, not just mediumship, doesn't it? So again, it's just. I think the simplicity simplicity, of not being too attached to the results and then reminding myself to bring my awareness back to the spirit world, you know. Um, and as we discussed before the podcast, the recipient can make a lot of difference. You know, if they're open, they're happy to be there um, and there's love being felt, the mediumship can come out a lot smoother. When somebody's very close, it's a little bit more difficult. So again, it's just... I think it's just experience, but a very long answer to this question. It's just about, for me, bringing my awareness back all of the time and not thinking too much about. For me, the ability to stay in the power has a lot to do
1: with the connection within yourself. So, you know, your your soul self and your heart centre, being able to refocus, being able to understand when you get those no's or you get an interruption, that you can go back spirit you can call spirit to come close again and work with that that's important isn't
0: it when you're really in that power in that zone it's just coming through anyway you know um and you know to be that connected uh and just let the mediumship work through you technically the more someone could do that the less they'd have to do that but when i've not been feeling i've been getting enough information i've tried it and sometimes it's worked really well and for me sometimes it hasn't worked but that would often be because i've done that when the energy has dropped a little bit you know but i heard someone say a a few years ago um and but it really works for people so no it's it's really helpful i think just quickly
1: back onto the guide side of things really that some people have have asked the question, you know, I don't seem to be working with my guide at the moment. Has he gone? Have they left me? I don't feel so connected. What would
0: you say about that? I do believe they'll always be there in some capacity, but the more you're in that experience, the more you're living that experience, the guide often wouldn't want you focusing on them. They want you to do what they almost be invisible in the background and you, you're giving all the information. So You know, if you look at it logically, even if you're giving a good reading to someone, sometimes if your mind is going back to the guide, you know, it can be really helpful. And they can, you know, maybe that medium, their guide tells them the information and they deliver it, um, you know, from the person in the spirit world. But as I said, I just I like and I'm working towards just letting go and letting it happen. But we're all analytical. So you know, it's not so easy sometimes.
1: If there was one thing you would talk about that can help you develop or can hinder you,
0: what would that be? Patience. You know, you know, we're always learning, you know, you and I have been mediums for some years, but we're never happy with where we're at because we always want to be a lot better. Just patience. And I just think that I learned from my own experience there wasn't enough balance in my life because all my holidays, everything was all about mediumship courses. And what happens is you put there's too much expectation for your happiness in your life to come from that. And it's too demanding and it's too attached, I believe. Um, So just to take it as it comes, um, try not to be too hard on yourself and enjoy it. You know, of course, there's times where we, we want to be better than we are and it's hard if you love it and you enjoy it you know it it makes it more manageable those difficult times when you go to that workshop and you don't feel you had a good day
1: when we start this journey we can all get very excited and and want spirit to overtake our lives and constantly be talking and linking and and doing readings etc but what is important is balance isn't it it's about being julian jenkins the the physical being and julian jenkins the spiritual medium being, if you like. Um, And it is about finding that harmony and balance, isn't it?
0: It's human nature, you know, um, to want to excel, to want to be good at things, to feel special, to feel important. Um, So we've got so many needs as human beings. And I just feel that if we are aware not to try and get all of those positive feelings from mediumship, then it makes it a smoother road. You know, I don't know if that makes sense or how relevant that to the question that is, but I've just learned from, you know, watching people and myself that if our whole persona is as a medium, then people can get a little bit... Uh, not always the nicest people they could maybe be.
1: Martin Jones is an international medium who has worked all over the world his thoughts and beliefs and the way he conducts himself for me a truly spiritual a very blessed man and i'm really lucky to call him my friend what a wonderful podcast what a wonderful ending i'm julian jenkins and you've been listening to that's